Hello and welcome. I'm Jillian Raymond, the co-creator of Juicy Bits and a Coalition Snow ambassador. And I'm Jen Gorecki, your co-host and the CEO of Coalition Snow. For those of you who are new, get ready to laugh, cry, and maybe pee your pants a little. Juicy Bits is about taking the conversations that we start on the chairlift and at the trailhead and bringing them to you to explore alternative narratives that challenge the status quo about what it means to be a modern woman in the outdoors. Grab your helmet because sometimes it's a bumpy ride. FYI, friends, this podcast is for mature audiences, so you've been warned. Let's get to work and juice the patriarchy. So, Jillian, you want to you want to hear how I'm making friends this week? Um, I, yes, please. I I would love to hear because usually you're in you're kind of how would I say not making friends sometimes yeah. that that happens. Yeah. Believe it or not, listeners, it happens sometimes to our dear Jennifer. By by not making friends, I <laughs> or by making friends, I mean by not making friends. Well, I don't know. I I will certainly make some friends. So okay, um, I might have made a comment on an Instagram post from a local publication um, here in the Tahoe Truckee area around how they should write something about toxic white feminism and the health and wellness movement. Um, and I wrote that in response to seeing a lot of anti-vax, anti-mask comments on this particular post. So I just, you know, dropped that little bundle of love on Instagram, thinking that that's all that was going to happen. And um, they <clears throat> messaged me and said, no, actually, will, will you write that? Mm-hmm. Will, will you write that piece? And, you know, I explained to them that I'm no expert on this and uh, I don't even live in Tahoe, Truckee. I mean, I'm in the area, obviously, but uh, I don't think I'm the best person to write it. And they said, well, <clears throat> we can't really find anyone else to write it, which just goes to show um, what a what a tricky conversation it is. So, of course, being myself, I agreed to write this piece where I explicitly call out white women who are in the health and wellness space um, or practice within health and wellness. Like, you know, I don't work professionally in, in health and wellness myself, but yoga, massage and all of that and um, meditation. And I, I, I wrote a piece calling them out, basically asking them when they talk about caring for their community um, and using words like we and us, who in the actual fuck mm-hmm. are they talking about? other white women, other privileged white women or what? So, so that's going to get published. Actually, by the time our listeners hear this, which is we're recording this at the beginning of December, you all right now are listening to this at the end of December, this piece will have been published and perhaps my inbox is full of hate mail right now. It's very possible. Also, I just fucking delete that shit. Just so you all know, I do not respond. You all can get fucked. But that's what's go. That's what's happening in my life. And 
and not just with this article, but with actually some really um, difficult conversations I'm having with other white women um, where I'm ending relationships because of anti-vax, anti-mask sentiments. And I feel like it's something we need to keep talking about. It's interesting because recently related more to a sense of um, white feminism had a similar scenario of really changing a friendship dynamic. And I think for our listeners that might be thinking like, oh, that's just the stuff that you, you know, water under the bridge or you just, you know, people make mistakes or say wrong things. Yes, but no. In the respect of we might all say things that we need to be forgiven for or that come out in a way that um, we want to be uh, understood. But I think if we confront lovingly in a direct way friends around real issues like feminism, privilege, and we don't get a sense of a reciprocal like unlearning and communication, those are humans that I do not choose to um, still engage with in my life. And it's partially because I want to keep learning and working and also recognize that that sense of not having to do that is also a privilege. Like a dear friend who shall remain nameless or a dear ex-friend who once was like, I just, I don't want to talk about politics. And I was like, oh, okay. So then we really have like nothing to talk about. Right. And it's not that I want, and not that like it, it has to only be that, but I just think that that sense of recognize if you don't have to talk about those things and you don't have to recognize them, then it's just, you just live in this bubble of space where you can't really get critical about the day-to-day that we're living in. And I think our day-to-day right now so much relates to vaccinations, boosters, masks, understanding what community means. And I think you do a really nice job in the piece. Um, I got a sync preview and got to read it of kind of trying to define what that is. So much of what we are doing in this is not just about protecting ourselves, but it's protecting other people. For myself, um, if I got COVID, and again, I get that people who are vaccinated can get COVID, and I get that this is around, I'm probably not going to die. I might be sick for a little bit. I'm going to have access to resources, but if I'm doing it in respect to protect other people, that's that sense of the bigger responsibility. And I've said that actually to a few people in my life, and it's almost like cut them, uh, almost made them speechless, like where I was like, I think it's everybody's responsibility to do that. And they're just kind of like dumbfounded. Like, yeah, I don't, not me. I'm like, What do you mean, not you? This is like the collective good. You don't live off in like a bubble. You're not on to, you know, colonize space. You're not off on a commune with zero interaction with humans. You're like living in this day-to-day society. Yeah. Well, it's this, it's the, there's obviously so many things that have come up over the past few years where as white women, we get to absolutely... Uh, critique what we mean by us and we and feminism and women and and all of these words that that we throw around and with covid and with the vaccine it's just it's it's to me it's actually a gift because it's one of the easiest ways that you can see where people actually stand mm-hmm. on things mm-hmm. and you can really make some concrete decisions around how you like how I will choose to interact with other people, both personally and professionally, because what people do in terms of getting vaccines and wearing masks um, and the way that they just talk about this really does say a lot about their values. And while it's certainly, I, I, you know, I would think that I would like to be the better person and Mm. say that like, I want to listen to all sides and I want to understand where people are coming from, but I actually don't. Mm -hmm. I actually don't 
care. Like there's there's certain conversations. I'm watching your friend ticker just like go down oh, yeah. and down and down. I mean, and down. You all know that in real life, I'm an introvert, <laughs> and I really only need like five friends. <laughs> like I'm totally fine. Um, it's like your master plan. Totally. I'm like. <laughs> Invite me to everything. I'm not coming. Um, but sorry, did we interrupt? No, it's okay. But it is. It's this. Um, it's what was I saying? So you're talking about how it's kind of illuminating people's values, oh, yeah. and you can have it um, see where people stand, and then I was- Autumn, you're going to have to cut all this shit because I don't even know what's <laughs> happening right now. Um, this okay. is the first time we're recording face to face in probably almost two years. We so have I not recorded like, in the same room together since pre-COVID, yeah. and we're doing that right now. And I do, do listeners should know we are on our first glasses of wine. Yes. and I only there's mini glasses. They're the mini glasses. Yeah. It's not even like a lot. Anyways, okay. I am I am not the type of person who wants to hear all sides. I don't need. I'm not trying to seek to understand. I I I do believe I understand where mm-hmm. anti-vaxxers and anti-mask people are are. Are coming from. I have listened to you. Mm-hmm. I have heard the things that you've said, mm-hmm. and I don't fucking care. Mm-hmm. It's not. It. It doesn't. There. There's no like beyond your personal self interest. Mm. Those beliefs don't actually do anything for communities who we should care about. And for for any white woman, if you believe that you are helping women or you want to help or a feminist, a feminist or anything. If, if you want to talk about women, you absolutely have to apply this intersectional approach. Now I know I'm saying this and many of our listeners are like, yeah, no shit intersection. Mm-hmm. Like, but you would be surprised or maybe you wouldn't be surprised how to this day, I'm still having conversations with other white women around. This is what intersectional feminism means mm-hmm. and the things that you're doing you know, perhaps you should Google white feminism Mm -hmm. and then let's have a conversation around, uh, what specifically you could do to learn more and do better and resolve some of this toxic behavior. And it's, it's surprising to me that I'm still having these conversations with people who I at least think follow me on Instagram and Mm -hmm. hear all the shit that comes out. I don't even know, but it is, um, it's been a wild couple of weeks with the number of, of women who I've had to have these conversations with and how COVID and masks and vaccines just really elucidate um, the toxicity in all of it. Do you think there's a separation and understanding of how white feminism and the privilege that that can evoke and the, and the choice to not mask, not vaccine for this we and us, I'm using my air quotes, I, to me, I feel like that's a direct like illumination of the fact that how white women have largely benefited from like systems of oppression and the larger patriarchy because the sense of them being able to have that choice in their protected bubble, because um, they'll still have access to all the things that they need if they were to get sick or they have access, um, you know, social distancing is kind of a privilege or just the fact that they can walk and do whatever the fuck they want. And they're like, no one's going to say anything to me. Is someone going to say, because the amount of people I've seen where I want to be like, are they not wearing a mask because they're vaccinated or not wearing a mask because they're not vaccinated and they're um, against vaccines? Do do I want to be near them? They're not following like what's in the kind of the social fabric right now, which is distancing and mask wearing and increased mandates and and governments um, shutting down and new restrictions and lockdowns all because we can't end this pandemic. But I'm like, you 
white women that are doing that, you kind of just get to exist and walk in this like lane of entitlement and privilege. And I think it's really uncomfortable, but I'm like, if you're not willing to see that, then I just feel like you're further benefiting from the status quo. Well, yeah, because they don't have to see it because they keep, they get everything that they want. And this is, you know, this is one thing that I wrote about in this piece, um, which is in the Moonshine Inc., if anybody wants to read it, um, is that particularly when you look at privileged white women, like you have access to acupuncture, to massage, to um, healthy food, to rest, Mm. to private school, to remote work, to, you know, the multitudes of things that actually would probably make getting COVID a lot easier than somebody who has to show up at a frontline job. If you have COVID, you can't go pack groceries. Mm -hmm. You can't wash dishes. Mm -hmm. You can't clean homes. There's a lot of things that you can't do. And to not even recognize that while you may not be afraid of how sick you'll get from COVID and getting COVID is fine. There's certain people who cannot miss work because Mm -hmm. if they miss work for one week, Mm -hmm. that could mean the difference of paying rent Mm -hmm. or not. And, um, and there's, and it's, it's, it's interesting. So a lot of people, there's definitely the, the other side, I'll say it, thinks that we exist in fear. Like we're afraid of COVID and mm-hmm. we're, I'm not afraid. Yeah. I got my booster shot this week. I, I travel. Um, I, mm-hmm. I go to restaurants. Mm-hmm. I, I go out, I li- I'm living my life. I'm not actually personally concerned. I'm not afraid mm-hmm. at all. I have a high level of concern for people who, um, don't have the luxuries that I have, the privileges that I have, who who aren't healthy mm-hmm. like I am, who have, uh, you know, like anything from being immune co- compromised to people with disabilities, um, you know, to anybody ha- who has diabetes or cancer, any of it, right? I'm really conscientious around my actions um, and also the things that I, not only what I do, but what I say, you know, like how is it that I can show up so that people know that I'm doing everything I can to create a safe space for them. And for all of the white women who are in this, you know, health and wellness, yeah, you might be creating a safe space for women like you Mm -hmm. in your yoga class or in your meditation circle or Mm -hmm. whatever it is that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But think about all the people who don't have access to what you do because you've just made it fundamentally, physically, and also emotionally unsafe for them. Mm -hmm. And I I don't, I don't actually think that they see this. I I really do think that there's a lot of um, rationalization and Mm -hmm. justification, just like anybody who's going to listen to me and disagree with me is going to think the same thing about, about me. Well, to disconnect, if you think about a white woman that identifies as a feminist and doesn't understand white feminism versus um, hood feminism versus intersection, because what you just spoke to is like related to the intersection of, you know, economic and, and social disparities within feminism. And so things like access to food, you know, food deserts, access to organic food, um, access to private healthcare versus going to the emergency room, because that's the only option you have. Those are all feminist um, concerns and feminist issues. And I think a lot of misconception happens around that because of one, it's easy to just Check, like check a box like, oh, of course I'm a feminist. Oh, of course I'm, you know, fill in the blank, not recognizing the layers are really complex and that it actually goes um, in a relationship with work, family, access, 
politics, government, whether I don't, it's like the privilege of, I don't, I don't, I don't want to vote. It's like, what the fuck people fight for the right to see their vote being represented. The, the gerrymandering that's going on right now to shift the lack of representation in our government. Like there's so much that is, I think feeds into that intersection. And so the idea of choosing to opt out further illuminates that privilege. But then I also think it actually, it hurts all women and the white women don't necessarily have to worry about it. Right. So what well, is now it? They don't have if to worry about it. If it's faced with it, it's that defensiveness. Yeah. That's what I've experienced from a few humans where I'm like, wait, you're, you're taking this as a personal attack against you. And yes, it might be in that conversation, but I'm like, these are systemic pieces. And this is also an understanding of your role in that and your ability to choose to just look away because it's more convenient or it's easier. or You don't feel like it. And that's like, no. Yeah. No. And I just, I'll say there's, there's a lot of people I won't go after. Like, for example, you know, the, the random white man who wears a shirt that says, don't tread on me. I'll have time for you. I'm mm -hmm. not going to, I've got nothing for you. Who I'm explicitly coming after in case anybody wants to know is white women who talk about creating community, mm -hmm. white women who talk about, um, girl power, lady boss, sisterhood, motherhood, all of those Anything that is tied around community and femininity and the feminine and, and women, I'm 100% coming for you. Now, granted, can people come for me because I fuck up? Yes, uh, uh, you can. You all know how to find me. Yes, you do. Feel free. You will. It's okay. I can hear. I can hear it. I will continuously <laughs> resolve to do better. So, so that's fine. I'm not um, – and, and conversations I've had with – people recently um, around this, you know, the same issues. I'm personally not looking for other white women to be perfect. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for an acknowledgement of the core issues mm -hmm. that we all can get to a place where we have these foundational understandings of what does equity mean? Mm -hmm. What does intersectionality mean? If we don't even know what those words mean, if we can't even Ex explain them, define them, mm -hmm. then that right there is one of the biggest issues. And there's no reason why now in 2021, almost 2022, that you wouldn't be able to know what those words mean, primarily because of Google, mm. also the bazillion books and podcasts and everything, like mm -hmm. the amount of information that's even been put out there um, that hasn't been squashed mm -hmm. in the last couple of years is really remarkable. So I'm just really looking for us to get to a place where we all have this basic foundation so that then we can have these more robust conversations and actually work on um, making progress. But if we can't really move forward if we still don't even understand basic concepts of equity. So when you are someone who chooses to not vaccinate, um, if you are a healthy person who chooses to not vaccinate, mm -hmm. if you are a person who chooses to not wear a mask, particularly, you know, I live here in Reno, we have a mask mandate. So there is sort of a social contract where people expect you to be masked. Um, like if you don't understand how equity plays into those, then that that's one of the problems, right? It's not even about COVID. It's not even about yeah. a mask. It's mm -hmm. not even about a vaccine. Mm -hmm. It's that as white women, we don't have this foundational understanding of equity and intersectionality that even allows us to, to interpret and navigate through 
all the fucking shit that's going to come are a lot like that we're going to have to deal with COVID. Who who knows what's next? Remember when we all thought that 2021 was going to be like this really great year mm-hmm. to like and and we were going to put 2020 to shame. Oh, yeah, that didn't work. Look at what a sh- so like it's it may not actually ever get better. Like mm-hmm. we might always be dealing with something. So how do we how do we deal with it all better? I like the idea of things getting better. I like the idea of progress, but I want to go back to something you mentioned in terms of the spaces that white women will create. And I think often they're really self-affirming. So whether Mm. it's Mm -hmm. um, the sense of community around, you know, your yoga space or health and wellness or the access you have. And I have been critical of that for myself as someone who's been a yoga instructor in the Tahoe area for like almost 20 years now, you see who feels, um, they have access to those. Yes. Yeah, um, the cost of classes, what does it mean to show up in a quote unquote yoga body and what that does? And I think in a community like Tahoe, it is kind of challenging because we're not very diverse. But I think that is a, a self-examination in community, which I've really thought about a lot over the last decade, is what about our community doesn't make it inviting to other humans that might want to live. And a big econo- a big barrier to that is the basic economics, right? And just in terms of can you live where you work and who we support in terms of our um, tourist industry and who we support in terms of our second and third homeowners. And to me, that's a big critique of Tahoe, but I think it relates a lot because it's a, it, it invites this place of people to kind of like escaping to, and this place to come and feel like you're just existing and living in the self-affirming bubble. And it's, again, it's a, it's a reason I love, uh, I love the community, but I'm also critical of it as a, um, I think now going on 20 years, a local. Um, but my point with that is in those spaces, you'll have intelligent humans that know how to use Google. They know how to use the internet. They do. But they know will, how, yeah. you know, die hard, defend other aspects of life that relate to data. And that might relate to whether it's, this is something I found really challenging in this era of COVID and, and mask wearing and vaccinations is their, um, you know, defense of, of climate change and climate justice and their defense of, you know, um, changing traffic patterns or fill in the blank, anything that might have data to support it. And then I'm absolutely dumbfounded in how the data that supports what we need to do to reach this end of pandemic and and vaccinations and the sense of protecting not just yourself, but other people and why you do that, that that part is like lost on them. And I think it comes from a bit of a place of selfishness. And I also think it comes back to that, I, that individualism that they're just kind of doing for them because they're going to be fine. And that to me makes me really quite pissed. And it's actually forced, um, uh, it's, well, it's ended a couple of, um, you know, friendships gone to acquaintances, but it's also had me question, um, it's had me question the community for the first time. The wildfires did it to me a little bit, just more out of fear. And I was like, okay, but remember you had like a safe place to evacuate to and your home was still there and fill in the blank, but just in a sense of living in a community that wouldn't uh, protect some of its most vulnerable people. Yeah. I remember when I moved to Tahoe, I moved to Tahoe in 2001 and I moved there simply to chase powder days. Mm -hmm. That was the point. It was, Mm -hmm. it was to be, like to be there in the winter to get as many powder days as I could. Um, you know, as I spent more time there, like I got into whitewater rafting, I moved out of that. I got in way more into mountain biking. Um, it was really about powder days. I would say by about year 13, 14, mm-hmm. 15, 
I found it to be a bit untenable to yeah. be in Tahoe. And you and I have discussed this. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and Brennan definitely, I mean, you you travel a lot. You have a very, uh, you have a really great community of, of, of people there. People are smart, you know, and um, doing things. But I personally found it really difficult. Mm-hmm. And when I was put in a position of, you're going to have to pay exorbitant rent to live in this place. Mm-hmm or you could move to Reno, it actually became a really easy decision for me where mm-hmm. I was like, well, cost of living is more affordable and I get to be in a more diverse community. And Reno is really diverse, both in turn, well, not necessarily racially. I mean, there are definitely like the the population of um, black black folks here is, is really small, but there's, you know, it's certainly different than um, Tahoe, but there's just a lot of perspectives here mm-hmm. and there's um, it's just a, you know, there's, there's a whole unsheltered population here. There's a wide range of demographics. So like, it's just a really different place. Um, and I really have found it to be like more nourishing to me mm-hmm. to be in a place where um, I will walk into a room and it's not white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like mm-hmm. never, Never am I going into anything, um, even in yoga, mm-hmm. I will go into yoga and it's not white. Mm-hmm. It's in that, um, that is kind of more where I'm at with things. And while certainly I miss, you know, mountain biking out the front door mm-hmm. and being, but you can't, you're also not 10 minutes away from skiing anymore either mm-hmm. with the traffic, mm-hmm. <laughs> like unless you're on West Shore and going to Homewood. Yeah. <laughs> but like, if you're trying to go anywhere else, like, you know, I think where I'm, from where I'm at in Reno, going to Mount Rose is probably like people from Truckee down to Alpine. Kind of. On most, if not less, because mm-hmm. I've definitely been in the car for like five hours with mm-hmm. Lauren and Kyle. But mm-hmm. I don't know. There is like, there is really, I just think it can be really challenging to to be in a place where it is so white and it mm-hmm. is so privileged mm-hmm. and there's a lot of comfort in that, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of like, it's beautiful mm-hmm. and it, like that, you know, and, and you have all these amenities, but it's also just like what it caters to, mm-hmm. I think is really, it caters. Yeah. It caters to basically people saying I can do whatever it is that I want to do. And it's mm-hmm. not that it only happens in Tahoe, mm-hmm. certainly, but. No, we've talked about this before with mountain towns, um, real estate in, in the ski industry, and just this un- unfortunate like gentrification that happens of, you know, we have people in the service industry, tourist industry, and kind of to your point, those humans need to be protected. They're going back to kind of our kind of focus point. Usually you're the one helping to redirect, but I'm thinking about, <laughs> you know, the vaccinations and second and third shot boosters. Like for me, I was able to, I could have, I didn't feel well after my two vaccinations or my booster, but I had paid time off exactly. to- basically like lie around and like nurse my vaccination ickiness. Right. And other humans, not that same. Um, we're not, they're not afforded that same luxury. And yet those are the humans that like literally help keep our industry and our communities, um, afloat. It kind of goes back to like, well, you could choose to move to Tahoe. Like you and I did much younger, you know, where I was like, 
you know, peanut butter and jelly and oatmeal and all like, it was like whatever gas I needed to get to the hill. That's a choice. That's total privilege. It totally comes. We spoke about this earlier in the season when I had a chance to have Ingrid on and she talked about that sense of privilege of having the safety net, right? And that, and that, yeah. Um, the significance and how that changes um, a bit of the decisions that you might make and some of your behaviors, as opposed to it always really coming down to a basic survival and, and the, the, the meeting of the basic needs. And I think what I find in Tahoe that can be really challenging, that's definitely changed over the last two decades, is that shift of people thinking that because they're in this beautiful place and because they do some individual practices that are positive, and I'm not, you know, discounting that, like you bring your coffee cup, you put a solar panel on your house, like that hoop house is awesome. Like you got some lettuce and potatoes. That's, those are all, there's nothing wrong with doing those things. But to me, that I feel like does not answer the call to like climate justice, systemic issues, right. And, and showing up whether it's in, um, you know, stopping and thwarting development or speaking out against, um, you know, um, access to basic housing in Tahoe. There was this great sign, um, a little market on the West shore this summer where they were like, we'd love to be open. If you could please like provide housing for our employees that they could afford, we would be open. And there were like several days where this just little market could not open because there was no staffing because nobody could afford to live anywhere near it. Um, to but keep also, a basic convenience open and it becomes this food desert, but it doesn't matter because people just truck up their groceries and get things shipped. It's just such a weird, sorry, off on a tangent from the vaccine, but I think it speaks back to that intersection of what we need to look at when we look at feminist values and we look at what our role is as white women to not just take, which I deal with sometimes and it's, I'm assertively doing it. And again, some of my friends are dropping. It's fine. I don't want them as friends anymore, yeah. but I don't want it to be like, I don't want to worry about the fragility of fucking um, other white women or honestly white males. I'm like, it's a complete, there's zero energy, zero waste of my time for, for your um, experience. And it's not to not see you value as a human, but this systemic the way the system has been set up to give you access to all that you need is enough for me to be like, no, I am not giving you of my time and energy and not an ounce or thread of like feeling. Well, and that, I mean, that is, you know, basically what you and I've been saying this whole time is that we're willing to end relationships over these issues. Like that's how committed we are to this. And, and, that I think is is something to speak a little bit to because it's the holidays right now. Everyone's ta- like, "What do you say at the dinner table? What do you say around oh, family? What do you, you know?" Like you keep seeing Oof. all this, right? But um, relationships change. Mm-hmm. You move on. Mm-hmm. People break up. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about intimate partners, you would certainly break up over a misalignment in values. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100%. Like that would end an intimate relationship, mm-hmm. a misalignment in, val- in mm-hmm. values. So why do we think that we're not afforded that same option yeah. of ending a relationship mm-hmm. because of a misalignment of values? Mm-hmm. And what? how have we gotten to a point where we are supposed to understand all... Su- well, okay, I understand. I understand all the sides, mm-hmm. but accept all sides and just mm-hmm. be and just show up for everyone. No, mm-hmm. hard fucking no. Yeah. If if we don't number one share the same values and number two work diligently to practice them in the same way, we will not have a relationship. Mm-hmm. We will not have a relationship personally. We will not have a relationship professionally. Mm-hmm. 
I got a list of people <laughs> just in the last month where I'm like, well, that just okay. We're not doing, you know. Um, but it is, you know, I think we just we white women need to be more comfortable with ending relationships with people mm-hmm. who are not able to hold these values mm-hmm. of equity and intersectionality. Mm-hmm. And if we're not able to sort of rise to the occasion to speak to these things and um, to really advocate for them, then we would need to reevaluate the way that we perceive ourselves as feminists or mm-hmm. as women who are there for other wi- women. Mm-hmm. Once again, part of this issue is that there's there are these women who say that they show up for other women that they're there for the sisterhood mm-hmm. they're there for the community mm-hmm. i'm 100% going to call bullshit yeah, on you total bullshit because you're like well what are you actually there for and then to hear from some of them well i'm just here to like have fun and have it be social that's not why you show up in a community space that's directed for and by women because it's created intentionally to make more room and more space for women. Then there might be other reasons to have those, um, maybe those social endeavors, right? But I think that sense and those spaces that need to be created. And we've looked at this sometimes with our um, Tahoe Backcountry Women's Group. Um, We're having an, well, this this podcast is coming out later, but sometimes we have events we'll get um, critique around like, oh, thanks a lot for like closing the door on us, you know, maybe from like male skiers. And we're like, yeah, well, we, there's, a, there's a sense of, it's not excluding you, it's making space for. And I think sometimes that, um, that disconnect and kind of going back to what you said, having the option of ending a relationship if a misalignment in values, sometimes I almost even see it as like a protection, which mm-hmm. we are all afforded to not have one, like negative and toxic um, interactions with humans that question the work and the unlearning we're trying to do. And I think you and I have said this before several times, like we're not experts in all fields and we're not perfect, but it's like we come together because part of the reason is if you don't have humans in your life that you can have these exchanges with, because there might be people right now Googling equity intersectionality and maybe finding it for the first time. This is work I think I've seen for a decade. You yourself have for probably decade plus. These are conversations I have intimately with my partner. I try to understand how they apply and in my actions in life where I hit the hard no is if you hear them and you're like, eh, eh, I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to. Yeah. That's where that, 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 uh, disconnection and values happen. I think the the space for the the unlearning and the learning is what is really valuable. And that's where you say when friendships grow, they fucking change and they evolve. And instead of us in our 20s chasing powder, we're like in our 40s, you know, chasing fucking equity and we're chasing yeah. that sense. So again, the mountains still provide us with energy and they provide us with like this outlet and everyone should have access to them. But if you start to think about you've had that choice and you've had that privilege to do it, why isn't everyone deserving of that? And then you think back to things related to access and those safety nets and like did you come out of college with loans were you encouraged to go to college like what was all those roles and those values that built you up to where you are and I think that helps us see that piece where we can protect ourselves and keep those options of ending relationships ending friendships for not just um, the protective nature but I also think it sends like a fucking beautiful message and it might, it, I think you, it kind of sits a little uncomfortably at first, but I'm like, I think of some of my friendships now in my life where I'm like, I love that I have mentors and friends and like people mm-hmm. that I love in my life that I learn from that are fucking doing shit that pisses people off, but not for the reasons that, you know, piss people off just for the sake of pissing people off. Yeah. Well, I would say 
definitely one of those people who really pisses people off. Sometimes I do. Yeah. I, I, I but you kind of you fucking inspire people, you motivate people, um, and I think those of you that are pissed off by you, I mean, they're again, not listening hard, to this no, podcast. No, they're not. We should <laughs> <laughs> we should send this podcast yeah, to, to all the, them. Oh, this would have been the like, hate mail that you get from the Moonshine Inc. article. Just send them this. Send podcast. it, but then you kind of like re. You could retitle it like "Anti Vaxxers Unite." Yeah, and then thanks so much for it. the feedback. I really have come to understand how you feel, and I even recorded a podcast about it. Here you go, just for you. I how mean, do you think that'll go? Fucking get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Ugh, get, get your booster, booster. Get vaccinated. Like who? And yeah, people get vaccinated. Ugh. Get your booster. Wear, wear your mask. mask. Um, don't make excuses. Don't, don't make it about you. It's about. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. I mean, I'm an asshole, but don't be an asshole. You know what I'm saying? But so that's it. That's where um, that's where we're going to end 2021 is Woo. get vaccinated, get a booster, yeah. wear a mask. Don't be an asshole. Really think about what the words we and us in community mean and google white feminism google white feminism and go get fucked if you're pissed off by what we're saying right now <laughs> happy new year everyone happy new year. see you in the new year you keep lying when you ought to be truth in and you keep losing when you ought to not bet you keep saying it when you ought to be a changing now what's right is right but you ain't been right yet these boots are made for walking and that's just what they'll do one of these days these boots are gonna walk all over you <laughs>